Welcome to the Boomtings podcast, your bi-monthly look at all things wellness. Hello, my name is Taka. Um, I'm a wellness enthusiast and skeptic, and I'm keen to unpack and share all things wellness related with you guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Nicole. I'm an energy shifter, and I work with people to help them realign their mind, body, and soul in order to come back to a state of wholeness. I hope everybody's having a great year, new year so far, or at least some intentions to make the new year great for you. Um, Nicole, what, what would you say some of the resolutions, new year's resolutions you've set for yourself this year are, if you don't mind sharing? Absolutely. Actually, I, I might go on a little bit of a tangent here to answer your question. No, not um, so And personally, I'm just really not a believer in setting res new year's resolutions in mm -hmm. January mm -hmm. um, just energetically it just doesn't make sense so mm -hmm. if you if we look at the astrology a little bit here mm -hmm. so January we find ourselves in the sign of Capricorn mm -hmm. and Capricorn is an earth sign in the sense that Capricorns like to take things basically the way you'd see Capricorn energy is what you see is what you get it's the tried and tested way it's very mm -hmm. earthy energy so it's not actually a great time to be trying new things a Capricorn mm -hmm. is not one who likes to try new things often they're very structured in their <laughs> approach <Yeah>. and so <laughs> trying to make about you know bring about big changes in your life when that's the energy that it's around and this mm -hmm. is why so many people really struggle to you know, to set resolutions and stick to them because mm -hmm. really the best time to be setting resolutions is in the astrological new year, which is in Pisces season, which is the 21st of March. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to, uh, I just wanted to highlight that. But no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that hundred percent. Cause I, I used to have that, sorry to cut you short. I just used to have that where the new year's why I set my new year's resolution like in March or April I would stick to them but then the ones I'd set in January I'd just be like <laughs> and I, it wouldn't by February I'm over it <laughs> so I really yeah that. yeah it makes sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just just a little thing you know to say to our listeners out there is if you're if you've had difficulties you know sticking to your resolutions it's really not your fault you know so <laughs> maybe as we're coming up to the 21st of March in a little bit over a month now gives you time to maybe rethink the resolutions that you guys want to set. Um, just because, well, things are changing quite a lot. And I think we're all, you know, kind of questioning, well, what is this year going to look like after the past two years that we've been through? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, but um, in short, I mean, I can tell you a little bit about the resolutions that I am looking to set, you know, as, as March comes around. And really, I think this goes very much in line with, with our topic here mm -hmm. um, of, today's, of today's podcast episode, which is all about love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 2022 is a sixth universal year. Mm -hmm. And six relates you know, six is the number of Venus energy and Venus, well, you know, the, the goddess of beauty, um, you know, six is all about harmony and love and soft energy. If I were to describe what the six looks like, I would say it's a fluffy pink cloud, you yes. know, it's soft. Mm -hmm. So my main resolution is, well, how can I 
show up in a more loving way for myself and for everyone I come into you know contact with how can I be more gentle how can I be more supportive Mm -hmm. how can I really take responsibility for my own actions how can I be of service to other people Mm -hmm. so it's really more of you know the emotions and the kind of person that I wish to become Mm -hmm. is the sort of the way that I set my my uh, new year resolutions that's beautiful I love that um, I think I think we were very much in line with like in terms of love and I think that the I think mine came about in a slightly different way I had a kind of epiphany after my birthday and I'm laughing when you were talking about Capricorn season I was I was completely <laughs> laughing because I was like it was my birthday but I was like I fully understand what you say um, I had like, I had like this weird epiphany around my birthday about what the year number six this numerology year number six means to me and I started thinking about how many ways and how many different ways I turn up in a loving way for myself in terms of my relationship people in terms of you know union and harmony and I'm like how how many ways am I turning up in a loving way for myself um and how can I curate that so it, it feels more of a natural process for me and it's less of a conscious effort and something that I just exist in. And that was what I was trying to think about. But like what was interesting is like because I'm aware of um, my natural sort of I don't want to say natural nature because that doesn't make sense, but <laughs> I'm it aware of my nature. <laughs> my, my nature is I, I was aware of it and I started ruminating over this, but I was also aware that it would be more effective for me to make this resolution at the end of March, beginning of April to sort of move forward in the year. So I've had time to think about how do I want to apply this and how can I start practicing different things that, that show that I'm prioritizing loving myself in different relationships I have, whether it's like platonic, whether it's familial, whether it's romantic, how am I prioritizing loving myself? Um, so yeah, I've been ruminating over that. So I guess love and wellness is, uh, is the perfect topic for this episode in that way. It is. Yeah. And especially that, especially that it's, it's the main theme of this year, mm. you know, so considering that it's the first episode that we're doing in the year 2022, I feel like it's very fitting. Mm, I definitely, and um, because, uh, yeah, so just to like, di- I just want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, do you mind me asking you, uh, how do you show love for yourself or how do you turn up for yourself on a daily basis like currently and what does that mean to you or what does that look like to you you know that's that's a really good question because even even before we entered this year I've really been thinking a lot about love and what does that mean I mean it's it's a word that we use so often and that we throw around you know mm. all the time oh I love this pizza or I love that dress or Mm -hmm. you know I love that club or you know I love my friends or I love my parents and and the thing is like well love it's it's a word but what does it mean you Mm. know and this this really led me towards unconditional love Mm -hmm. because if something is not unconditional love then it isn't love 
Mm. It's it's simply the ego's way of saying, oh yeah, I I more than like this thing, and it's easy <laughs> to throw that word around yeah. when you're not talking about unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But unconditional love means that you have to be willing to get uncomfortable to truly love a person who might trigger you in mm. some ways, because you know love. If you truly love a person, then you don't expect that person to change. You have to accept them truly and fully for who they are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I I really ask myself is, you know, how can I show unconditional love to both myself but everyone around me? Mm-hmm. Because we're simply just mirrors of each other. And if I start showing unconditional love to everybody around them. everybody around me sorry then Mm -hmm. they're gonna start questioning because the thing is most people haven't felt unconditional love Mm -hmm. most of us have grown up and been educated into Mm -hmm. understanding conditional love Mm -hmm. and this is not me you know throwing shade at at our parents because they knew not what they did Mm -hmm. at the end of the day if somebody is not doing anything from a place of consciousness Mm -hmm. then you cannot truly blame that person Mm -hmm. So, and the thing is, when you, you know, when you haven't experienced unconditional love, well, do we really know what that means? And well, unconditional love can be uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it means that we have to be willing to take on responsibility. And, and let, let's look at a romantic relationship to begin with. Sure. I think it's the easiest way to explain this. And yeah. well, if you do not love your partner unconditionally, you say, oh, you know, babe, I don't know, you say maybe, oh, well, if we go to this restaurant together, then I'll do this for you. And Mm -hmm. yes, that can be seen as a negotiational compromise, but that's also not unconditional. Mm -hmm. Because if your partner says, I don't like going to these kind of events, Mm -hmm. well, why are you going to force your partner to do something just because you want to do that something? Mm -hmm. Perhaps your partner, of course, you guys want to do things together, Mm -hmm. but why not find something that isn't going to make one of you uncomfortable mm. because then that is not having love for that that is not having unconditional love because you are requiring this person to do something that makes them uncomfortable just because maybe you don't want to go alone mm. that's ego mm. so yeah for me it's really about you know understanding what is love from ego and what is true unconditional love mm. i think Definitely, I think, as I'm hearing you speaking, I think that unconditional love is a beautiful and powerful thing. Um, But I think there's also um, a point to distinguish between uh, what love looks like and also love, it can exist with boundaries as well. So like, for example, somebody expressing that, oh, I don't actually like going to a restaurant, or I actually don't like going to a club. Um, But that that can exist love and boundaries can coexist so maybe it might be a thing where you're like okay sure then i'll go to the concert insert concert bar restaurant whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um it doesn't also then reflect negatively in your relationship but you're just like okay this person doesn't enjoy this but i still love them this person um do this but i still love them and uh what boundaries in a relationship might look like to you is different for each and each individual person so 
it doesn't necessarily mean that um, because you have unconditional love for somebody, you lack boundaries in a relationship. But it just kind of means that you love them no matter what. (laughs) And And I think that that unconditional love for another person really can start and stem from yourself. And if 100%. you love yourself unconditionally, you have the capacity to love somebody else unconditionally. Um, because Absolutely. if you don't love yourself unconditionally, you really don't know what that looks like. So <laughs> you can't extend mm-hmm. that to somebody else. Um, it was, I was looking earlier on having a little Google about <laughs> de- defining mm-hmm. self-love and they, it was, I love this definition because it was so simple, um, but it can be expanded in so many like creative ways. Um, it said like self-love is regard for one's own well-being and happiness. Um, and I, and I really liked that it was that simple. So, um, when you regard your own well-being and happiness, when you are aware of your own well-being and happiness and you prioritize that, um, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect and that you will always feel fantastically about yourself, but it just kind of means that you look at yourself in a way that's where your your priority, like, I'm trying to explain this. If you were like, mm hovering outside of your body like you were looking outside of your body from your spirit looking down on your physical body uh what would self-love look like what would that look like it might look like having set performing certain actions like eating healthy foods or exercising you're prioritizing your physical well-being but it also might mean like self-love might include doing stuff that prioritizes your mental well-being so that might include meditation, that might include going to therapy, that might include um, being in environments that stimulate you uh, mentally in a positive way. Um, it might look like all sorts of things, but it is the prioritizing of your own well-being and happiness that enables you to now extend that to other people. So you understand that um, somebody else, I don't know, Uh, food gardening (laughs) might make them the happiest it's ever made them so maybe you're able to look at that and and see okay you don't see it as a personal attack when someone wants to be gardening (laughs) instead of hanging out with you (laughs) you sort of see it like okay this is somebody who's prioritizing their own well-being and happiness because you understand what that means to prioritize your own well-being and happiness you know A hundred percent. And, and I think you really, you know, you hit a major point there is that, well, I mean, love and boundaries cannot go hand in hand. I mean, Mm -hmm. cannot exist without the other, should I say rather, Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you do not have boundaries for yourself, then if if we don't have boundaries for ourselves, well, then how, how can we self-love ourselves? You know, Mm -hmm. how can we show up for ourselves? How can we make sure that we're we're saying yes to the things that we act that are actually making us happy and no to the things that are not making us happy because so often we force ourselves to say yes to make other people happy but the thing is we have to look at things from a from a perspective of energy because if you say yes just to please that person eventually that yes is going to turn into a resentment i'm not mm-hmm. saying this every time but let's say you say yes to a person to go somewhere and you end up having a shitty time well you're probably going to blame that person you Mm -hmm. know and say oh well I didn't want to come anyway and you pushed um so that's just gonna you know 
that's just going to manifest as problems down the line. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, it's important to say yes to the things that we want and no to the things that we don't. And and if a person says, hey, you're selfish, well, that person doesn't have your best interest at heart, or you can simply respond to them, hey, well, actually, I'm not selfish. It's just that I want to be able to spend quality time with you. And I know that I'm not going to show up as my best self if I'm doing something that I don't enjoy. Mm hmm. Fully. Um, and, and that thing is, and also that's what you just said at the end is a key identify is a key marker to be able to identify when somebody's in a space where they aren't able to give the unconditional love. So there might be some, there might be moments where some people, someone's not yet there in their journey. Um, and so things might feel conditional. Um, and just as a deviation, um, a slight deviation. Sometimes we are in different stages in our lives in terms of where we are in our self-love journey. And so sometimes people might project their conditions onto you and it's up to you to determine what you want to do about that and how you want to address that. Are you a person who's going to be like, okay, I'm not going to deal with this in any capacity or um, are you going to be like okay I understand that that's where they're at in their specific journey in life um, and I'm just not going to internalize it but I'm now conscious and aware of the fact that um, this is where they're at and I'm going to take people as they are um, so yeah but that's, Absolutely. A, yeah, that's a slight deviation from from the point a hundred percent yeah but but I don't think it is because I think everything is interconnected at the end of the day and mm. and I think you know love boundaries and speaking up about the way we feel is super important mm-hmm. because if we cannot express to another person and and this is why communication is so important in terms of not so much the words that we speak, but the tone of voice that we use. Mm. And also to not be accusatory to the other person, say, hey, you did this. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were to always change around the, the approach and rather say, hey, you did this, rather mm-hmm. than say, when you did this, it made me feel X, Y, Z. Now you're talking about your feelings and how you felt because of that person's actions. You're not accusing that person and saying, hey, well, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you did made me make made me feel like you were being an asshole, mm-hmm. but you're not an asshole. And the thing is, like, as soon as we start, you know, pointing fingers and saying you did this and you did that, well, the person with who you're communicating, well, you you've lost them. Because yeah. you're starting off your conversation from a, a point, a negative point, which doesn't make anyone feel good. So no. even when it comes to our self-love, the way we talk to ourselves is so important. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, well, you're an idiot because you got this wrong, say, hey, you know, it's okay. Next time you'll get it right. Mm-hmm. Because by putting anybody down, including ourselves, well, nothing is ever going to become easier for us, is it? No, and that's and that's one of the key things. And one of the things that I've I've unfortunately I've learned in adult age. Yeah. Um, just to pick up from, from your point, Nicole, I used to be the type of person who felt like having tough internal dialogue conversations with myself would make me a stronger person or a better person because I'd I'd give myself the hard talk, so to speak. But I found that it ended up putting me down and I wouldn't move forward. 
Um, whereas when I was a lot more loving to myself, I gave myself a lot of grace in certain ways and that enabled me to move forward. So sometimes when we attack ourselves in the name of being a strong person or in the name of being um, a, a tough love kind of person to ourselves, it doesn't always work out. And in fact, there's often a very, there's an inherent lack of love because of the fact that you're being so tough on yourself and you're absolutely very difficult with yourself um and that is conversely it's a lack of self-love that that makes you in the space where you feel like having those kinds of conversations even with yourself is okay um so especially with yourself it's not okay with anyone but it's also not really not okay with yourself um so yeah that that was really what I was trying to pick up on from uh from what you were saying Absolutely. And I mean, there are even there are studies that have been done to show that, you know, when we throw abuse at people, well, they don't they don't grow. They don't get better because, you know, by putting somebody down, well, that's that's just not that's just not great. (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. Um, But there is also um, but on the topic of self-love and on the topic of uh, like loving yourself, it is also important to understand when we are actually doing things that are helping us and when we're actually doing things that are harming us. Mm-hmm. Because with self-love, um, there is, I, I don't know about anybody else, but uh, for myself, there is this, an, an indulgent side of me, which is like self-love. I'm going to self-care. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to do all of these things. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Um, but at the same time, it, 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 having a moment of pause is really important to be like, is this helping my growth both in the short yeah. and in the long term? Is this helping me become a better person in the short and in the long term? Like, for example, I know for myself, I can end up watching like a bunch of shows and I will be like, oh, this is really lovely. And it is. It is a lovely experience. And I'm not going to take that away from myself. But I also I'm understanding that. watching a bunch of shows means that I don't have a very productive day and maybe what I needed to do for myself that day was go out and do uh, different activities that help me grow in different ways and get me closer to being a higher version of myself Um, and that's not to say I'm going to shit on myself for um, watching like a bunch of shows but I also know the difference between uh, what's helping me now and what's helping me later a hundred percent and I guess that's also you know self-love is about self-regulation it's about mm. knowing what our boundaries are in terms of okay maybe this is going a bit too far and no I shouldn't do that because well I'm going to regret it tomorrow mm-hmm. and that's the thing is if we do something and we're going to regret it that is not self-love mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent because I think one of the things and oh and this is not to like uh, sound preachy or anything like that I mean self-love looks different for different people so what might help one person might not necessarily be productive for another person Um, Mm -hmm. like I'll use something very harmless and one of the things that I like I see a lot for example some people are really into like yoga or pilates and there's nothing wrong with yoga and pilates I think they can be very helpful for the mind but what might be helpful for one person might not necessarily be helpful for another person. So maybe another person would be really 
what would be a self-loving practice for them might be long distance running or kickboxing or 100%. yeah so um it doesn't mean that you love yourself less or that you're less connected to yourself because you are not connected to the process of pilates or yoga it, it mean it might just mean that you the practices that you carry for yourself that help you are just different from somebody else's um and i think there needs to be sort of um this D, I don't know if deregulation would be the right word, but this there this less formulaic way of looking at self-love. That if I'm doing meditation, if I'm doing yoga, if I'm doing, if I'm going for, I don't know, what a spiritual retreat somewhere, that means that is indicative of self-love. And somebody else who's practicing different things doesn't love themselves because they're not doing those things I think that absolutely yeah so I think there needs to be a less formulaic way of looking at it and looking at just as an individual looking within yourself and saying hey does this help me um has this been helping me in the long run has it not been helping me in the long run you know absolutely and 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 you're so right you know like for me, for example, what, like I'm a vegetarian, I eat super healthy, I, uh, I intermittent fast, and this is something that has just become a, a, a standard way of me eating, but mm -hmm. every Sunday I will have my pizza, and that yes. is part of my self-love routine because it is just something that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. I will get a massage once a week, sometimes two, because I exercise quite a lot, or even if I'm not exercising, because if I'm sitting all the time, well, I will get a massage because I know that my body needs it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I will not socialize with large groups of people. I cannot do more than eight people at a time. Eight mm -hmm. people is even pushing it. Five people really, you know, if it's a bigger group, I'm out. I just, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's okay, you mm -hmm. know, because I, it's, it's just important for people to understand that whatever works for you is perfect because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there is nobody else in this world who is going to show up for you the way you show up for you. A hundred percent. So it's super important for people to understand people can call you selfish. People can call you unkind. People can call you whatever they want to call you, but if it doesn't work for you, then you can say no. And that is perfectly okay. Oh, a hundred percent. You don't even have to have an explanation. No. If somebody says, why won't you do this? Because, because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't need to give any other reason than that because you just don't want to. And that is okay. And like somebody else was saying, no is a full, is a full answer. <laughs> no is a exactly. full answer. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be um, a full, like, detailed no one owes you or you don't owe anybody a full detailed explanation of why you don't or do want to do something <laughs> so i think that definitely that when prioritizing your well-being and prioritizing your happiness is paramount in the journey of self-love and it evolves and grows so one thing that serves you today might not serve you in five years or vice versa um it might be you might find things Absolutely. that are beneficial for you, uh, depending on where you're at mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, it, it, it varies with time. Um, I think for it me, really does. so I think one of the things that I'm really trying to pay more attention to um, as I get older is 
looking at how something will, will serve me and affect me in the future. Um, and these are like minuscule habits that I'm now thinking about in terms of um, like what time I get up in the morning or uh, what kind of morning practices am I setting for myself? Um, you know, how is this going to the long term impact and the long term effect of doing certain things? Um, you know, how often am I exercising? Um, those are the kinds of things where I'm now thinking about, OK, how will this impact me in five years time? Um, this is it's great to do it now, mm -hmm. but like what is the impact of that and how will that affect me mentally? in X amount of time. So one of the things that um, I'm like trying to do and trying to uh, build confidence to do is for the longest time, this is really embarrassing. I'm even in, in, in talking about it right now. For the longest time, I used to be one of those people who <laughs> didn't, <laughs> who didn't like, I'm, I was like, I'm not a dancer. So I'm, I'll never be the first person on a dance floor kind of thing. And I would only like get up to dance when there's a bunch of people oh. already dancing. Right. I didn't used to be a dancer. I used to get up on the dance floor. Like once everyone was already on the dance floor, it was one of those things where not cause I didn't enjoy dancing, but because I used to, um, I, I'd be like, oh my gosh, everybody's looking kind of thing. And I'd just be really conscious about it. And I'm like, but now I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm like, this is not going to hold me hostage for the rest of my life, you know? Um, and I it doesn't have to be. And I'm like, I, is this a competition of being the most perfect dancer? Like, what is, like, it's not. Um, and so I, one of the things that I'm trying to do for myself is like, I dance in my room. So I'm like, if I can get comfortable dancing by myself and however I want to dance, whether or not I think I look obnoxious, whether or not I think I look <sighs> anything, I'll, I'll do it. And I, and I set myself a playlist and I'm like, I'm going to see this playlist through. I'm going to dance through this whole playlist. And so one of the that. things that it's been doing for myself is I'm like, I'm going to first destigmatize how I feel about dancing in public um, within myself. So I'm like, get over feeling awkward by yourself, like when you're dancing. Because I'm like, I'm not awkward in other situations. So um, get over that internal feeling first. And then once you get out and you get to this place where you are comfortable within yourself, you can now be comfortable around other people. And so that's one of the odd ways that I've been practicing. Well, not odd, <laughs> but it's one of the ways that I've been practicing self-love for myself. And that's what I mean. Like sometimes our self-love practices are different from other people. And it doesn't always necessarily have to be something that is straightforward, but it's something that helps me. And I always feel good about dancing afterwards, even if it's awkward. I love that. And can so totally relate to that story because I used to be there too. <laughs> dancing in my bedroom yeah. until I felt safe enough to dance in the outside world. So. Yeah. But I just wanted to touch on one thing more before before we end our episode here hmm. is um, I just wanted to come back to what you were saying about thinking about, you know, how is this going to affect me five years from now? Because mm -hmm. the problem is that most of us are playing life. We're playing the short game. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, life is a journey. 
And until we start approaching life with the long game, well, many of us are simply just not going to get anywhere that we want to get because it means that we're constantly making decisions that that serve us now. But is that conducive to wherever you want to be in the long run? Mm-hmm. So I um, absolutely, you know, one of the best things that we can do for self-love is to think long term. If you find a self-love practice that works for you and that um, helps you look inward, helps you give you a sense of peace. And with time, you can see that things are working out better for you. Then stick with that, go with that, roll with that. And if you find that there's something that's not serving you, then you don't have to take it on. Even if somebody is telling you that this is the best thing since time began, you know? Um, so it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be one specific way. I think that would probably be my takeaway from the whole thing. Beautifully said. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, thank you guys so much for, for listening in and uh, going on this uh, journey with us. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yes, thank you all so much. And we look forward to um, being with you again soon. Bye, guys.